If you're the police, where are your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. Transmitting from the land of legendary pirates at an altitude of 108 feet above sea level. This is Alpha Mike, and you're listening to Raider Cop Podcast, episode 125. Today, we are going to talk about, and the subject matter is, merging federal law enforcement. It is going to be an interesting subject. It is going to be a difficult subject subject. It will be a subject that we will place on our want list. Something that we want to see in the future. Because this one is very difficult, complex, and if you think the federal government is messed up, I have the evidence and the proof to talk to you about it today. So we got that and many more items that we're going to talk about on this episode. Um, As we have told you, Test Everything 1521 is uh, launching every Wednesday along with our episode. Usually comes right after the episode, sometimes several hours later. But all you have to do is type in RaiderCopNation.com. And go to test everything. There, when the page loads, you will see from the latest or the last episode all the way down to the episode that has less than 90 days. After 90 days, they do disappear. But we know that the Word of God continues forever. We are making our updates on our website, RaiderCopNation.com making it a little bit more excited, more loading faster. A couple other things that we're going to be doing in the future as well. Making some recommendations on uh, tactical equipment. We've done this before, but uh, now we're going to really start concentrating on that effort. So slowly starting to build that and we'll bring you some more um, details on that in the near future. As a quick reminder of our episodes coming up, of course, you have this one here today, February 5th, merging, uh, it's time to merge federal law enforcement, and that this is uh, episode, of course, 125. Up next after this is February 12th, The Club Part 2, 
If you remember back in episode 109, some of the audience wanted to know or understand a little bit better this segment or the episode on the club. So I had taken from um, episode 110 to all the way to December 25th, 2019, we discussed about 10 minutes every episode a little bit more about the club. But we're going to do the full 45-minute show for you February 12th. February 19th, Why Rico? And that was going to be episode 127. And wrapping up the month of February, February 26th, Coffee with a Cop. And that will be episode 128. So just to wrap up the month of February for you. Now, without any hesitation, because we got a lot on the dais here, because you have only an idea that the federal government, the government that serves you and I, is a little bit messed up, especially now doing impeachments and phony Russian claims and Ukraine claims and every other claim that's out there. You must believe it can't get any worse, but I've got some evidence to tell you about the law enforcement side and the federal government. You want to talk about an array of all kinds of mixtures. We got pickles. We got onions. We've got cheese. We got mayonnaise. It just keeps on going, and we're going to discuss that now. So let's do it. given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. As always, you can get more on this one subject from Matthews chapter 7. We can expand exactly what this important message is for you. So don't miss that. It, it launches on the same date, February 5th, right after our launch, about several hours later, RaiderCopNation.com, test everything section, tap on that, and you can hear just, it's less than 15 minutes, folks. It's not going to keep you from all the uh, important stuff that you have to do in in the day, and you can hear the powerful world of God, word of God, to uplift you, to save you, to heal you, to do so many good things in your life. So we know your days are valuable, and your time is valuable. So that's why we appreciate having you here all the time. As I said, today's episode 
it's time to merge federal law enforcement. I will give the explanation as to why I take that position. I will also give you the constructive criticism and argument from everybody as to, are you crazy? And we will explore a world like no other. Not even Star Trek could have imagined this crazy world that we were going, we're going to enter. The Twilight Zone has nothing on this, if you can imagine. So, without holding up the circus clowns and getting them up and ready, it's time to listen to episode 125. It's time to merge federal law enforcement. August 12, 1993, the Chicago Tribune newspaper wrote an article on how the Clinton administration, and that's Bill Clinton, by the way, wanted to start merging law enforcement agencies in the federal government. Together with Janet Reno, the Attorney General, they would spend about five to six months exploring the financial resources needed and how much would be saved. They even were going to bring up the one and only, the, the one true master of global warming in his busy schedule, Al Gore to lead the charge. But for some reason, the Clinton administration, after five or six months, gave up the effort, became too complex, too many little kingdoms that nobody was willing to give up. But why? Well, we'll never really know the why we never really find the 32,000 emails that are missing from Hillary's computer either. But what we can explore, the benefits of merging them now, such a time as today. Now, of course, I'll bring up the criticism, and I'll do that early. Alpha, what are you, crazy? Look what they did with the... FISA here, uh, warrants and make-believe Russian caper in Ukraine, the FBI working against our own government-specific leaders in that agency. There's just no way that this is a good thing. We have oversight over these federal government 
law enforcement sections like the FBI. And we don't need to merge them. A lot of other people would say that would make matters worse if you think they're corrupt now with all the inner agencies they have and all this maze of agencies. Imagine how easy it will be when they're merged down to almost nothing. And some people will even tell you that's ludicrous. The Congress and the Senate would never approve it. And some of those arguments might be kind of sounds very tough and sound stuff. But we the people are the ones that should demand action. Now, this isn't the first step that the people have demanded smaller government. Of course, we know our wacky friends on the left like it bigger, bigger, and biggest. No price tag has ever been shied away by Bernie Sanders. Two trillion, five trillion, six trillion doesn't matter how many trillions. Why? It's not his money. It's other people's money. But will this save us any money if we do merge? And what are the benefits? So let me dive in. The first benefit that we are going to get from this is we are going to save on a lot of back stuff. Now, when you apply for a federal government job, you, of course, will go through one human resource section just to approve layer number one, which is the application. Then you'll proceed on to other segments of that application process, testing and so forth, bringing in your documents. But at some point, the agency that you've applied for in the federal government has to start their investigative background process of you. And we would save tremendously because all these agencies now don't have to have shared responsibilities as they do now. It will also help us in oversight. That's right. You might have believed that Adam Schiff was good enough, but no, we do need better oversight over in Congress, which is stitched and constituted in our Constitution. We may need some more fabric to stitch on to that law. But with the format that I will be suggesting, suggesting, it will be a lot bigger and easier. So let me give you a couple of positions and where I'm going. So the question that we have in front of us now is why merge? There are people, as I stated prior, that will be for it, and there, of course, will always be people.
people against it, like the Democrats. You know, you roll down, stand in front of the railroad tracks. I'm not moving. I'm not, uh, uh, you hear the train coming. That's them. So here's my plan, and I'm just going to tell you the plan real quick, and then I'll get back to the specifics of the plan. It will be in three components. Operational component with with a segment of uniform and non-uniform personnel, an investigative section of it for criminal investigations and foreign intelligence, as well as domestic uh, intelligence as well, and the national security section, okay? So that's your basic format, and we'll get to all the little specifics later. Now, of course, we have to also look at our training centers that we currently have. Now, the federal government has the FLETC, okay, Federal Law Enforcement uh, Training Centers. They're in all regions of the United States. All basically do the same function. And uh, all agencies will attend based on region to these locations, okay? So there's not much there to do. There are going to be some minor changes in the training aspect, not necessarily the academy level, but more so in the on-the-job training section or the in-service section of that specific task. Also, we're going to look at, here's an example, before we we look at anything else, because I need you to fully understand what's going on here. When we look at organized crime, and FBI has been doing that for a, a long time, we look at the International Organized Crime Intelligence Section, it's called the IOC2. These are just some of the agencies assigned to the IOC2. FBI, ICE, DEA, IRS, ATF, U.S. Postal Police, State Department, Bureau of Diplomatic Security, DS, Department of Labor, Office uh, office inspector of of uh, the IOC2 and the DOJ criminal division. If that didn't really get your understanding, you've got all these people doing a case on international organized crime. Now, some people might say, well, it's just like a task force. Why are you making a big deal? And you're right, it is. But why does everybody have to come from another agency? Wouldn't it just be smarter if we sliced it in three pieces? As I said, operational, investigation, and national security. That's it. Let me give you another example. The air marshals. 
So the question is, there's a documentary that came out not too recent, not too long ago, that talks about, is it time to shut down the air marshals? Now, the air marshals were actually created over 50 years ago during the Kennedy administration when they were hijackings every other day to Cuba. So they came up with federal air marshals, and they'd kind of sit in planes like passengers, and hopefully they would be part of a tempted hijacking to Cuba, which really didn't happen. There's another issue is that the air marshals have never had an, a firearms engagement in the air. They've had problems in the air, but nothing to that extent. Now, after 9-11 in 2002, our intelligence and our federal government came up with placing this air marshal group under the TSA's responsibility. And part of these air marshals get up to 120 hours of training in weapons. As you can imagine, shooting a gun in a little airplane, making sure you hit the target and not any essential parts of the plane <laughs> at 35,000 feet is important. So why do we have thousands? So when we look towards the time of the Kennedy era, when the hijackings were happening in Cuba, the Kennedy administration created the air marshals. There was 33 agents. Today we have thousands. Some of them are deprived from sleep deprivation because different time zones and turnaround flights and working crazy hours and so forth. Some have experienced suicidal thoughts as well because of the pressures and the stress of the job. But are we getting, as when I say we, I'm talking about the taxpayer, are we getting our money's worth, what they're being paid, how many they are, versus how many incidents are occurring? Or could some of these occurrences that are happening on these planes be avoided uh, not necessarily avoided, but can be dealt with by the airlines themselves or landing the plane and letting local officials deal with it at that point. We're not there yet with an answer for that, but this is complex. You ha currently have uh, certain congressmen they don't think that the air marshals should exist. It's just a waste of money, as they say. Imagine getting rid of it, and then there's terrorist issue that happens on a plane. How many people will point their finger and say, we never should have got rid of it? But because of you. So you can't be too quick in pulling the trigger. Or could you? Remember, our basic element here is Operations, investigations, and national security. That's it. All right. Let's come up with another crazy example 
Now, of course, you know the DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency, was created <clears throat> in the early 70s. And uh, they were created specifically to deal with the growing problem of narcotics in America. And in the beginning, there were something to laugh at <clears throat> with the other federal agencies really didn't take them very seriously. But today, as we wind the clock forward over 40 years, we know to take them serious. They're highly trained, and they're very good at their craft. But back uh, several years ago, there was a jurisdictional problem between the DEA and the FBI. The, the conflict was basically on drug cases. Now, though, as I told you, the DEA was, DEA was created in the 70s. But in 1982, Congress gave the FBI jurisdiction to fight drugs. Does that make any sense? So you have an agency you created, law enforcement, called the Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, and they're out there sole mission is to fight and combat drug dealing in America. Then in 1982, in the ultimate wisdom of Congress, they go, no, 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 let's give this area of responsibility or jurisdiction to the FBI. Now, don't be fooled. Back in 1982, what everybody was fighting for was a piece of the pie. And the drug pie back then, today is a lot larger, was $13 billion. So the FBI wasn't about to release that to the DEA. Are you crazy? So they have agents that do the same thing as the DEA. Well, Alpha, why are you making big deals out of nothing? The more the merry, more eyes on a situation, better off we are. Hmm. Let's look at our recommendation one more time. Three aspects of the merger would be operations, uniform and non-uniform personnel, investigations, dealing with uh, domestic criminal investigations and a form of foreign intelligence. And then we would have our last section, national security. Okay. Now I want to add this before we go in a little further. Another little token to our format. This would be overseen by an internal affairs type of force or section that would overlook each one of them. The oversight committee would continue to be Congress, but I would increase the amount that are doing the oversight. Make it a fair number and I would even go as far as having some 
civilian components on the Oversight Committee. Why does it have to be just Congress? Well, I know why. It says it in the Constitution. But can we add to that? Can we get some other fresh eyes and ears on something? And the most important part of this, of course, you have the inspector generals as well. But what would you do with all these inspector generals that were in all these agencies? What, you can just fire them? No. They would become the internal affairs sections from their representative agencies that they currently have. They would go into sections from agency to sections. All right. Let's continue with the confusion. So we touched upon the air marshals. We went from 33, 50 years ago under the Kennedy administration, to thousands right after 9-11 in 2002. No major incidents in all that time. Nothing. Squat. No gunshot. Nothing like that. Couple of drunks. We've had those. So weighing in our tax dollar, are we getting a good bang for that buck with thousands upon thousands of air marshals? And the results are not money. All right. Let's mosey on along. We talked about um, the DEA and the FBI. And how the FBI turned around and and basically when there was a dispute in the oversight committee, all of a sudden one asked stupid questions in the 90s. They said, well, wait a minute. In 82, you guys gave us full authority over drug cases. I don't know what they're doing. So that's a problem. Because you got two agencies pretty much doing the same thing. Maybe one's a little bit more qualified than the other. But why is that? Now, the DEA mostly recruits from police departments. There's the the, the good sauce where they are, attract those applicants, a retention pool, let's say. They come from police agencies, municipalities, sheriff's offices, People want to move on, and um, they do. The DA does a lot of close work with local police departments and task force as well. So they're with a lot of the guys with the boots on the ground. Of course, we know the FBI does their primary recruitment comes from colleges and universities around the United States, and we know what that's made up of. It hasn't been too good. A lot of of Bernie Sanders types are in these universities. But nevertheless, there's where they get their people. Now, let's take another look before I start to really dazzle you with these agencies. Let's look at the oldest law enforcement agency, and that's the United States Marshal Service. Of course, the U.S. Postal Police like to say that they're the oldest, you know, the Pony Express. But uh, we humor them, you know, just, you know, you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> but 
But it is the U.S. Marshal, and they were enacted September 24, 1789. So that's way back there. And their primary function is that of protecting the judicial branch or justices of federal courts. Not only the judges or U.S. attorneys and whatever is basically placed in front of them. They also apprehend federal fugitives and they manage and sell assets that are seized. They do housing and transport federal prisoners, but they don't run any any prisons or jails. They contract that from states and local governments all around the United States. And lastly, they do the witness security program, witness protection program. And we know that that's real big bucks there, Bubba. Oh, yeah. Over there on that side of the section, they are paying people some royal money. Confidential informants make thousands, if not millions. And they've got thousands, if not millions, of people in the protection program, too. So the U.S. Marshal gets to do all that. All right. So now let's take a quick look at some of these agencies. I'm going to rat off some names. But before I get to that, we're going to talk about the specific realm of federal law enforcement. Now, it's broken down into several components. The three branches of government all have police agencies. So we start off with the executive branch, and of course that's the president, and they have sole responsibility for all these agencies, and within these agencies, they have police departments. Why? I don't know. I can't tell you why. I can't read the you know, the, the insane's mind. But I can tell you, it brings them, one, more cash flow into that agency, and two, power. And when have you seen a politician that doesn't like power? Ask Nancy, she'll tell you. All right, so the executive branch, Department of Aquaculture, U.S. Forest Service, they have law enforcement, Department of Commerce, uh, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Mm-hmm. That's right, police. The Defense Department, they have all branches of the government, Air Force, Army, Navy, Marines. All of them uh, straight down. The uh, Defense Logistic Agency Police. The Defense Intelligence Agency Police. The National Security Agency Police. That's right. Everybody's got one. Department of the Army has a criminal investigations section, CID, United States Army Military Police Corps, the Department of the Army Civilian Police, you know, in case you get confused, and uh, the United States Army County Intelligence, also ACI. So we got everything. Navy, same thing. They got their thing going. There's a television show, NCIC, National, uh, the Naval criminal investigation section. The USMC, they got the CID, Master at Arms, which is military police, Department of the Navy Police, which is civilian police, 
not to get confused. And the list goes on and on. Department of Education, yeah, they, they've got their own police force. Department of Energy, uh, Department of Health and Human Resources, you never know something breaks out there. Office of the Inspector General, yeah, they can get, they get a badge too. Food and Drug Administration, we, you know, we're pulling, we're, we're not pulling any punches here. The Office of Criminal Investigation, National Institute of Health, Department of Homeland Security. This is a department that the left on the Democrats or the wackos want to remove from the face of the earth. And, uh, of course, under the Department of Homeland Security, we got the Federal Law Enforcement Training Centers, which are very important, by the way. DHS, National Protection and, uh, Programs, uh, the Federal Protective Service. They're like, uh, they got guns, they like security, but they're not, but they got enforcement powers. But they're on the list. They're on the list. Then, of course, we got Customs and Border Protection, you know, the evil Nazi guard, according to the left. That's what they call them. So they're on the list. You got uh, Air and Marine. Operations, AMO, they're on the list too. The Office of Security, Office of, uh, what is this, OCSO, which is uh, the United States Immigration and Customs Office, that's ICE. The other one is the Mount Weather Emergency Operations Center Police. You never know. You never know. Mount Weather Emergency Operation Center Police. So obviously I'm starting to get my point across here. The Fraud Detection and National Security, um, the Protective Service Division, we were in, the Department of Interior, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, Department of Indian Affairs, National Park Service. Everybody, everybody's in on it. Uh, the Division of uh, Refuge Law Enforcement, the Department of Justice, uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, Drug Enforcement Administration, FBI, FBI Police, Federal Bureau of Prisons, U.S. Marshals. Now, the U.S. Marshals are going to fall under the judicial branch, not not the executive branch. We'll make a little distinction here. Department of Labor, Department of State, Department of Transportation. They all got cops. You never know. Department of Treasury. Yeah. Everybody's here. So now in the legislative branch, when you, you want to see cockamamie, Sergeant at Arms of the United States House of Representatives, Sergeant at Arms of the United States Senate, United States Capitol Police. Yeah. Everybody got everybody has a cop. The Library of Congress. We got them. They're on the list. Government Publishing Office. You never know. Something might happen there. Okay. Judicial branch. Now, we told you they've broken down in different branches. Here's a couple little lists of them. Marshals for the United States Supreme Court. United States Supreme Court Police. And... 
probation and pretrial services. And we go into, uh, there we go, Office of oh, the CIA. They got their own little police thing going. NASA, they got theirs. National Gallery of Arts. Anything can happen there. U.S. Postal Police, we talked about them. Uh, Smithsonian Institute, you never know. Amtrak, choo-choo. They got the cops. Federal Reserve System. Now, the Federal Reserve is totally independent from the three branches because the Federal Reserve is, has really no connection to the federal government. That's how they control inflation and all this. Uh, well, anyway, make a long story short, they also have their police. Now, here's one that might kick you in the head, the Tennessee Valley Authority. Don't let the Tennessee part fool you. They are a federal entity, and uh, they're known as the Tennessee Valley Authority Police. Nuclear regulation, they have theirs. National Science Foundation, yeah, they got theirs too. Railroad, yeah, they got theirs. And the list goes on. So Security Administration. So the White House Police Force, the Federal Narcotics Control Board, Bureau of Probation, Bureau of Internal Revenue, the Bureau of Drug Abuse Control, the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, the Bureau of Secret Intelligence, BSI. Yep, they got them too. The Hoover, the Hoover Dam Police. But I want you to know that in 2017, they were merged into the Department of Interior. Because intelligence matters. So the Hoover Dam Police, from 1931 to 2017, they were merged into the Department of Interior. Thank you very much. Library of Congress Police. So I'm making my point here, folks. A little, a little bit on the redundant side, but what I'm basically spelling out here is why in the hell... Do we have all these police forces, all of them independent little kingdoms, all of them have independent lords, all of them serve independent hacks? We have made this into a mess, maybe on purpose. But regardless of the fact, today we know that one of the biggest entities most important entity that we turn to in this country for federal law enforcement is the FBI. And we know how that has been going with the Russians and Ukrainians and every other thing that they uh, investigate. And, of course, the, the FISA warrants. And we just made those up and we swore that the evidence that we were about to give was true and the best of our knowledge, so help us God. And we got more and more of those FISA warrants under a fictitious story making it <clears throat> a lie. So now's the time that the oven is getting warmer. It's time to strike. If 2020 reveals itself to remove 
Nancy Pelosi from office and the Republicans take over the House and the Senate, of course, we retain the president as the leader. That will give us an intelligent majority, not a bunch of clowns and fools trying to obstruct everything, to make the move in consolidating law enforcement. Now, let me explain real quick, because we're running out of time here. Powerhouse agencies like the FBI would still give the American public the services that they provide. But we would strip the FBI of their power-based name, of those three little letters that give them the ability to flex, the ability to be the gorilla in the room, the ability to bully whom they feel they need to bully. We stripped them of a false identity that they created themselves. We make them a little bit more human. Now, I'm not saying by any stretch of the means of the imagination that the FBI doesn't produce good work. But why them only? I read the issue between them and the DEA. It's all about $13 billion at that time. It's probably a lot more today. But one has jurisdiction. The other one does it better than that one that has the jurisdiction and they're stepping on each other's toes. Do they have to? No, they don't. So under the plan that we have three entities, the operational section, which is uniform, the White House, Capitol Police, all these little entities have uniform police. They shouldn't be using uniform police. And an element of that should be non-uniform. You know, you want maybe law enforcement officials to portray themselves as the crowd at times. So, you know, uniform and non-uniform. Let them the ability to be very flexible there. But you just need one for the entire country. And every element that uses a uniform police, federal police officer now, should be that one agency. But no, 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 I don't want any federal police agency controlling the Office of Social Security. No, no, I don't. So you understand there are ego issues with a lot of these political hacks that have been in power for 20, 30, and 40 years. There's no need to have all these separate little governments. And I'm sure that if you do your math, you'd probably be able to cut a lot of their personnel that they really don't need. The other entity of that is the investigative section, right? So the FBI can do that, right? criminal investigations. And whatever they're good at, they should be doing. And whatever the DA's good at, they should be doing. And whatever the ATF is good at, they should be doing. But with one name. Not a bunch of names. Make it easy for Joe and Mary Sixpack to understand where their tax, tax dollars are going. 
Now, these three agencies have huge budgets because you're putting all that in one sandwich. But we think it can work. And, of course, the last aspect of that is the national security. They protect the country. They're the ones that do the FISA warrants. They're the ones that do the listening. They're the ones that, when it turns into a criminal investigation, can contact the investigative side. Or when they need a uniformed police presence, they can contact that agent, that section. But their main purpose would, would be to secure the national security of the country. Simple as that. Now, this would probably mean that you'd have three cabinet positions. They would be, of course, selected by the president and approved by the Congress and, or the Senate. And uh, we will eliminate all these departments. Now, back to the air marshal issue. Do we need them? I say yes, and I say no. I think that if you were to have them under a one umbrella, according to what we discussed, the operational uniform section and non-uniform, of course they're not because they're supposed to be being undercover. They would probably tell you, I don't need thousands of them. I can spread these guys out. I'm, I'm good with a good handful. Because based on the intelligence that we receive, we can plug them in certain airplanes. So I wouldn't get rid of them. But I definitely pull the plug out of thousands of them. There's no return for your money. And the last aspect of what I'm going to talk about is the internal affairs. We talked about the inspector generals of all these agencies they should be blended into one huge internal affairs or inspector general section that should have the power of arrest. So when we have runaway hacks in these agencies, we can read about it after the fact in the media where it says that the internal affairs inspector general section, I just made up the name, arrested so-and-so of the investigative Federal Investigative Bureau for revealing secrets, blah, blah, blah. I'd rather read that than read something might happen one day. Big difference. Okay? So, of course, the oversight, we have Congress that does the oversight. I would increase that, make it a little bit larger, why larger? Well, it's kind of hard to be scheming when more eyes are watching the schemers. And I would like to add other aspects of that too, like local, state, or police officials to participate in the oversight committee as well. Chiefs, sheriffs, you know, the bigwigs of these local. Because the strength of our law enforcement in this country comes from the local police force. They're the eyes and ears of the country. It's not the feds. And how do I know that? 
Well, look, every time there's a major bus go down, who do they call? They call a local guy to go, hey, can you, can you help us out there? Okay. So whether it's the FBI, whoever it is, they use the local cops to do a lot of their work because that's what they do. So local cops are, are true heroes in all this, but we're not putting them in this mess. God forbid they got their own problems. So what we're suggesting, and we're going to put this on the tote boat for our wish for a wish list for the future, is the merging of federal government law enforcement into the three sections that we talked about: uniform, uh, operational, which is which is uniform, non-uniform, investigative, criminal, and intelligence, and of course national security with an oversight of the internal affairs section of all I, uh, inspector generals and all these agencies. And oversight would increase considerable in size. I would even go as far as thinking about having uh, one representative per state. That, 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 you know, more the more the merrier. More people get to ask questions. More people get to snoop around. More people need to be held responsible and accountable as well. So I told you my two cents today. This was not an episode that was based on reality because of the fact that the reality is a little warped in itself and how the federal government has created this huge elephant in the room that nobody ever questions, nobody ever says why. There's nowhere to go. You know, in your town council, you can go there and raise hell. Why the local cop wasn't in his, on his post at a given time. But you can't do that with the feds. You Nobody knows where to go. That's why we need to do it. All right, so what's up next? Well, we got episode 126, and you've requested it, and I'm giving it to you. February 12th, The Club, Part 2. We will discuss of why law enforcement agencies need sections or need to create groups like The Club. And uh, we'll touch a little bit about what we've talked about, and we'll put that together for you in a nice package and Episode 126. And uh, lastly, the song of the week, Raul Malo, M-A-L-O, Moonlight Kisses. Of course, we don't play the music because we hate those people that might be getting jealous that we're copywriting and doing all kinds of things we shouldn't be doing. As always, it is my honor and my pleasure to be your host on Radio Cop Podcast. Keep yourself in prayer because without you, we have nothing. Continue to pray for your family. Continue to pray for your community. Continue to pray for your local law enforcement agencies that serve you. And most importantly, continue to pray for the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike. God bless until we meet again.
Four three two three. 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 Four three two